if I only had one sound that I could play the rest of my life, it would probably be Coyote Pup Distress. I, I try to end every set with that sound. Because I have had, had sets where I would throw absolutely everything but the kitchen sink at them, and nothing worked. But as soon as you turn that Pup Distress on, here it comes. I mean, it's game on. So, I have killed gray fox, uh, kill one, go in a gray pup of stress, like fight. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys, you ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? BuckGrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactate and doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer herd use buck grits wise eye presents welcome to american roots outdoors we're calling in from the studio uh no not the studio the home studio here american reach outdoors lodge again this is Show number two with Eddie Owens. We talked about trapping in show number one. Now we're going to talk about predator hunting with him and the importance of predator control. Again, thanks for being on the show with us, Eddie. And, man, you bring so much knowledge to the show. Well, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Um, I always enjoy talking hunting and trapping and anything involved in it, so. You would you would have had me fooled. <laughs> I, I never would have thought that Eddie would enjoy talking about trapping and hunting and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a fan of talking, you know, all the time. So you go hunting in the mix. Yeah. No, it, yeah. It's, uh, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy, you know, answering questions uh, every chance I get. And I mean, I, I certainly ain't the best, but. Uh, you know, I anybody who's got a question, I you know I love to answer. Um, you carry your own though, Eddie. You carry your own. You kill quite a few predators, and you catch a lot of predators for sure. I try. <laughs> well, I say somebody needs to uh, to correct Wikipedia because when I look up your name on Wikipedia, it says the best there is in the Ozarks. <laughs> no, no, I'm, there's there's a lot better predator hunters out there. I mean, I'm. It's something that I uh, I. Uh, I started started doing, you know, I don't know, real serious probably eight or ten years ago. I've always enjoyed hunting coyotes and, and, and bobcats, but like I said, about eight or ten years ago, well, that's when I realized you could call these things in the daylight. I always thought it was an after-dark sport, and I, I didn't have the money to, to, to go out of state and hunt because, you know, at the time you couldn't hunt after dark. And let, you know, with a light or anything like that, couldn't use thermal or, or night vision. So, I mean, I was kind of limited. Once I figured out you could call them things in in daylight hours, I was all about it. I mean, there, there ain't nothing better than than watching a coyote's demeanor and his body language when he's coming into a call. You can learn so much about them just by how they react. 
You know, you can, you, and, you know, er, every day is different. It's sort of like uh, I would relate it to fishing. You know, um, you, you got to figure out what the fish are biting on that day in order to catch a lot. You know, there's some days that a coyote. Or might, catch one. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, there, there's some days that, you know, you might go out and hit a spot and, and not have any luck. Well, you might go out there the next week, try a different sound, and it just happens like that. So you got to figure out what the coyotes are biting on before they'll react to the call. Yeah. Well, Redbone, I know you love to predator hunt, too. And, again, it's an honor to have Eddie on the show with us, and he kind of gives us a lead in there about, you know, how you can compare predator hunting to fishing. That's a great, great analogy. Yeah, and I would think also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a whole lot like turkey hunting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I love to turkey hunt. I've been hunting coyotes and bobcats longer than I've been turkey hunting hardcore. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's I, I would say you could probably relate that to about any kind of hunting or fishing aspect out there. Yeah, especially an animal that uh, uh, responds. You know, a turkey responds, an yeah. elk responds, deer can respond, yeah. and predators can respond. They can. And what we want to do on this show is teach you and encourage you uh, how to get started in predator hunting and to take someone. If you're, yeah. you're, you're a veteran, predator hunter, we encourage you to take kids or get kids involved because we got to do our part Yeah, uh, in controlling the predators because our turkey numbers are, you know, sad in some places. Uh, I'm looking on the comments here. It says, uh, are predators more attracted to sound or scent? At this question, Harold Monk. Um, I've always, I've always, I've always heard, you know, I mean, yeah, scent control is a, is an issue. You always want to play the wind whenever you're, uh, you're hunting predators, especially coyotes. Uh, but sound is their number one attractant. You know, I mean, and I've, all, I've always tell, tell people when they go out, always leave your downwind side open because that sound is what's going to trigger their response. And they're going to, they're going to come into it. And if they have an opportunity to get downwind of you and stay out of sight, they're more than likely going to do it. Now, I have had occasions where they've come barreling in, just, you know, throwing all caution to the wind. But nine times out of ten, if they can if they can stay out of sight and circle you and, and use the wind to their advantage, they're going to do it. Now, what what about using, uh, like, predator lure scent? That was Along his question. That was yeah. his question. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that they're more attracted to a, a scent, a smell, like than a, the call? Or like they're attracted to the boat? Or something like that. Um, I think that could that could have a factor in it, um, but then you know when you when you talk about trying to lure them in with scent, you've got to know one hundred percent there's a coyote in there. And a lot of times when I'm going coyote hunting, it's just it's it's a crapshoot every time because you might see a coyote there a lot, but he may not be right there when you talk. So putting out your lures, it sh- it certainly ain't gonna hurt. You know, it, it can't hurt, but I think personally that sound is the number is your your number one tool in your bag for contact. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, if you now if you can call them in close and you've got an attraction out there, yeah, that can make all the difference in whether they hang up at three hundred yards or if they go ahead and close the distance. Yeah. So, 
I'll tell you what, we need to go to a break. Everybody, I apologize. Uh, you're listening to America Reach Outdoors, brought to you by Wise Eye uh, and Buck Grits. And other partners, don't go away. We'll be right back with more with Eddie Owens talking about predator hunting. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. like could load him in the back of my truck. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Up a big old hill. Year after year. Got my gear. D. Ammunition presents American Roots Outdoors. We're calling via phone from here in American Roots Outdoors Cabin, the Rutledge Cabin. And again, our special guest is Mr. Eddie Owens, Mountain View resident. Uh, this boy here was born and raised in Howe County in the Ozarks, uh, farming, uh, riding horses, FFA member, played high school football, sports. This boy's obsessed with predator hunting. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I've got some questions here, uh, Eddie, and I'm going to turn the camera on you. Uh, we've got several people on here, Mark Coleman, Harold Monk with Wise Eye. Uh, the first question I want to ask before I answer these guys' questions on the live feed, why is – you and I touched on this. Why is trail cameras even important during predator hunt? Well, I mean, it, number one, you know, and, and I, we kind of touched on that just a little bit ago yeah. with the the proximity thing. You know, coyote hunting is is, is proximity based, and if if you do a little bit of research, trail cameras, MRI, or most recent information, uh, and the wise eye, they got hunt control, and it gives it to you exactly. Instantly. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you got something to cost your camera, send it to you. So, you know, and, and you can't call and kill coyotes or bobcats where there ain't coyotes or bobcats. So here, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a tip to everybody. You ready? Let's say you got a count now, you're a farmer. You take your wise eye camera and you set it up on that cow. Okay? Horse, whatever it may be, a hog, whatever. You set up, say a deer hunter takes uh, his uh, guts or whatever, legs, whatever, puts it out, you put a wise eye camera on it. Instantly, it'll let you know that there's predators there. Yeah. So if you know they're there, it's kind of like a big gobbler going to a strut zone. That's how I killed some gobblers last yeah. spring and how I killed some of these bucks we killed this year. So that's another reason I encourage people to use the wise eye cameras in the hunt truck. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> excuse me. Um, used to, I would take my, uh, my deer carcasses, you know, after we'd work up all the meat off of them. I'd take them back and I'd chain them to a tree and I had, I had to chain them to the tree because coyotes would carry them off. And, uh, I would put my, my, uh, trail camera on it, which it wasn't a cell camera, but 
I'd go back every two or three days and I'd swap the cards out. And I noticed through the daylight, I would have a lot of hawks and even some eagles on it. And as it got dark, they would leave, coyotes would come in. And then when it started getting daylight again, the coyotes were replaced by crows and then hawks and then eagles again. It was it was a cycle every day. So I went back there and checked my cameras, noticed I had coyotes hanging around in the area. I went back there, set up, set up my call, called one in and killed it. So, I mean, it, it, uh, it makes a huge difference. You know, if you... Yeah. It, you throw a little bit of bait out there and, and, and you can figure out there in the area, then that really ups your chances of getting the deal done. It sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a horror movie. I'm, I'm eating bodies to the tree and see how they pick them apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds like a horror movie. Um, you know, I, I got a, another question that somebody actually asked from last week's episode, and that is uh, the uh, like decoys. Uh-huh. You know, they got the, the, the fox tail or the rabbit tail or, or you know, fake rabbit and that. Mm-hmm. Do, do you use those at all? How I do you? Like I, uh, I, I like them because I always carry a shotgun on my stand. Um, I have went out a few times without a shotgun, and that's when I needed it the most. So uh, after those couple times, uh, that's it. I don't. I don't. I mean, I may never fire another shotgun at a, at a coyote the rest of my life, but it's always going to be on stand with me. Yeah, it's it sometimes can be a pain in the butt to throw that shotgun across your back. But, uh, but yeah, um, I do, I love using those decoys because they, they can really draw them in. And they take the attention off of you, you if you've got your call out in front of you, and they'll be focused on that. It's kind Absolutely. of decoy deer and turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Josh Clark has a question for you, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Josh Clark says, Eddie, what is your favorite go-to call or some calls you recommend for starting out for the beginners? Starting so, out. He's asking what's a good go-to call and beginners. Let's talk about why uh, beginners should become predator hunters. Well, it it, it really and expands, his question. It, it expands your hunting season. And if if I had to say my favorite go-to sound, and I know it, it has just been beat to death, but it is hard to beat a distressed rabbit. It really is. Now, if you're hunting an area where you know there's there's been a lot of distressed rabbit calls, a woodpecker distress is another real yellow good sound. hammer woodpecker. Yep. Yep. Johnny Stewart. That that was a very awesome sound. I've killed several critters over that sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I only had one sound that I could play the rest of my life, it would probably be coyote pup distress. I, I try to end every set with that sound because I have had had sets where I would throw absolutely everything but the kitchen sink at them. And nothing worked. But as soon as you turn that pup stress on, here it comes. I mean, it's game on. So. I have killed gray fox, uh, kill one, throw in a gray pup stress, a pup yeah. fight, and there'll be two or three more come in. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree with you. That's a great closing call or backup call mm-hmm. to help close the deal for sure. So, yeah, there's all kinds of different types of calls. Y'all have, y'all. I had yellow hammer, woodpecker, uh, rabbit distress, gray spot, pup distress. You hear a child in the background. It's uh, Dylan. It's Wayne's uh, stepson. So he's taking notes on predator hunting. Yeah, he's <laughs> over there playing with toys. <laughs> oh, he's, he's tired. He's out there cutting wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we have Wayne come over. I'm gonna get off the subject here a little bit. I apologize. We have been clearing out a spot. Let me tell you how good a neighbor Wayne is. Hey, you cut wood? I said, yeah. 
I'm trying to clear out this area for Mallory's little affordable house we bought. I'll be right over. That's the way Wayne is, man. I'm talking you up, Wayne. You're a good neighbor. Wayne, Even to... though you do live across the street. street I mean, road. Road. Right. road. <laughs> Wayne needs an excuse to use a chainsaw now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back on the subject here. Predator Hunters, you answered Josh's question. Uh, how easy is it to become uh, a Predator Hunter? How, what do we need to get started? And we're going to go to a break. When we do, we're going to come back and we're going to answer that. Okay. How do we get started and become a Predator Hunter? Everybody, don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors with Eddie Owens, Predator Hunting, after this. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Up a big old hill, year after year, got my How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp. 24 volt single battery weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. Eagle Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, everybody. Again, we are calling into the studio from the American Roots Outdoors, the Alex Rutledge, Rutledge Family Lodge. And you can see we got Wayne here. Uh, we got Dylan. And you see all of our bucks. And then we got in here mounted. And we got Eddie Owens, the master predator hunter trapper extraordinaire. And here's our wall of fame over a lot of people that I've harvested animals with and some more stuff. If you've never visited our cabin, and you're never in the area, we'd love to show it to you. But back on subject again, my question was before we went to break, and anybody on here watching live, if you want to ask questions, please ask them. We'll answer them uh, as much and as soon as we can. How easy is it to become and get started in predator hunting? Well, uh, it's really as simple as if you're if you're a deer hunter, you can, all you need is a good call, honestly. Um, I mean, you can get a call. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, if you're if you're already hunting deer, then that means a, uh, you've got a rifle that is more than capable of, of doing the job of coyote. So, you know, you've got, number one now, you've got the rifle, uh, your your call. I mean, you can, you can either go to, wherever you know bass pro cabela's you know wherever money's outdoors does carry uh several several options of coyote calls electric call you know electronic calls hand calls um i've, I've purchased several uh hand calls from monies over there um but i mean i i would recommend start off cheap because you know you, you may, may not, not like, like it. it you may not like it you may get burnt out but um but i'll 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 promise you, you call in a coyote and you'll be hooked. Um, just, uh, you know, don't, don't go overboard with it. Um, you know, you can, you can buy a good call for, you know, 75 to a hundred dollars. Um, like I say, if you've already got a, a deer rifle, then that's pretty much it. Um, I have noticed like with coyote hunting, 
it's a lot easier to get access to coyote hunts than it is to get access to deer and deer and turkey hunts. So you know, every everybody wants the the predators gone, you know, to save their their deer their turkey population. So and their camps and, and camps. You know, I I have I have had uh, farmers call me. Uh, hey, you know, I hear you hunt coyotes. I've got I've got a big problem. A problem for them is music to my ears. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is nothing like rolling into the farm full of virgin ear coyotes. So, <laughs> Mike, I know you have questions. Yeah, my my, my question for a beginner. Yeah, well, well, first of all, I would I would just like to say you're all talking earlier, and Alex, you made a point of you know, if a farmer has a, a cow or a calf die, that's a good place to put your your wise eye cameras to you know see if you've got coyotes and, and to see that interaction. Uh, every spring when I butcher my chickens, I usually raise, you know, 15 to 25 chickens to butcher and put in the freezer. Uh, and Eddie knows my neighbor <clears throat> and my neighbors that, that coyote around, coyote hunt around me. They love when I got all the, the chicken innards and the feet and the heads. And they've got a particular place where they tell me, go dump them because that's where they jump the coyotes. And they like to hunt with dogs. And, uh, yeah. they, they love when I get the, the chickens all butchered and got all those, uh, all those extra parts to dump out in the field. Now, yeah, it's definitely some good coyote hunting country down in that area, for sure. And, and my question, I guess, to you, Eddie, would be, and you talked about going onto a farm when somebody says, I got a problem. Uh, there, there's no way you're going to kill all the coyotes on that farm if, if you're hearing a lot of them. But just by killing one or two, does that then move the other coyotes away? I mean, is, is that part of the solution? It can. Um, what I like to do is, you know, if they're if they're truly having a problem with them, mm-hmm. I try to hunt that farm pretty hard because if you go in there and you call up, you know, two or three coyotes, you kill them two or three coyotes, and and you keep pressuring those coyotes, they can eventually move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, you know, if if that if the territory holds coyotes, if it's got all everything they need, all their habitat. You're always going to have coyotes, so you know. For somebody like me, that is absolute heaven. You know, to find a place like that where I can go in every year and call and kill coyotes. Mm-hmm. But you know, as say you kill, you know, you take four or five coyotes off, off that farm. Well, you you've taken a, a burden off of the the local ecosystem. So. And they, they've done a lot of studies on this. You know, a coyote, uh, a jip coyote, she can have from one or two pups all the way up to as many as 14 pups. It's based on the amount of food for that area. Mm-hmm. So it can, it can possibly, you know, it, I'd say it could backfire on the farm, the farm owner, but the more coyotes you have, the more coyotes you're going to call in. Yeah. So, I mean, it they they will have have and raise pups based on the amount of food that is available in that area. Um, I mean, I have I've got one farm right now that I have called coyotes on just religiously every year. That right now I'm struggling to find a coyote on it. So I would say it's going to take a little while, but you can eventually get the coyotes killed out of an area and, and get it to the point where the rest of them are like, well, that's not really a good place to live. That'd be like <laughs> the Bronx of, of that area, you know, get, get them pressured to where they're not, to, they're just not coming in there. 
Yeah, and, and I would think that would be the case because, I, I mean, you know, in Alex, you know, with, with deer and turkeys, it's kind of the same thing. You know, if you kill too many in one small area, the rest of them are going to leave. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100%. So, to get someone started, they go in and buy them a handheld call, Monty's yeah. Outdoors, wherever our listeners at, yeah. uh, in the Cape Girardeau area, I don't know who you'd go to over there, uh, Papa Bluff, you know, whoever. And, uh, uh, <laughs> he's over there looking at a turtle hole. Are you in there? <laughs> Look. <laughs> but anyway, we got distracted. Surely not. Oh, man. But anyway, so they got a handheld call. You got a deer rifle. You got a weapon to hunt with. How important is it to be set free? Oh, I, I mean, 100%. Because you you can't. You know, Coyote's got probably one of the best noses. Better than white to I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, they've got their senses are the best of, of everything. Um, scent is a very, very important thing because you don't, you know, you don't want to go in there stink the high heavens of of, of gain or tide. You know, and all your detergents. You know, you want to make sure you're scent free because, especially if you're hunting an area where. The, it's not you know keeping the downwind side is not an option um i mean i try to be as scent free as possible and i have shotgun coyotes on the downwind side which is just absolutely unheard of usually if you shotgun a coyote it's going to be on your upwind side because i mean it just makes sense if they get that close downwind they're going to smell you so it's very important to make sure that your scent is is controlled yeah. as much as possible. Now, now we got a question here again from Josh Clark. Clark, you talked about your caveat of calls and stuff. You want to know what type of ammunition that you shoot when you predator hunt? What size of shot? And it's how important yeah. is it for them to pattern their shotgun? Very uh, well. We all know Apex. Turkey Loads has sponsored American Roots. If you've never hunted with uh, Apex Turkey Loads, uh, I'm killing turkeys 50 yards uh, with 20 gauges and dry them dead. Wow. Uh, the, 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 the Apex Turkey Load could also be good, the bigger shot for bigger. Yeah. yeah. What do you um, I like, um, Hornady makes a, uh, it's a nickel-plated BB. Really? And I have... I like number four buck, but unfortunately, Hornady doesn't offer that I have found in a number four buck. They offer it in a, uh, I think it's a double up buck mm-hmm. and the BB. Predator, uh, uh, they're, they're, security. They're, well, they're a heavy magnum coyote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer a BB. Um, I have had pass throughs on the BBs 40 yards. Yeah. And uh-huh. that nickel plated BB. For a 12-gauge shotgun, I shoot three-inch round. Um, honestly, that coyote within 50 yards is dead. Wow. It, it, yeah, it, there, it will absolutely hammer a coyote at 50 yards. Um, what, I'll, what I'll try to do is I'll load two rounds of BB, and then I'll load two rounds of number four buck. Because that BB from, you know, 10 yards to, to 40, 50 yards, it's gonna it's gonna really work on them, mm-hmm. you know. Say if I'm say if I got a coyote that comes barreling in and and I don't get a shot on him until he's out there 30, 30, 40 yards run away from me, I'll throw a couple BB loads at him. Well, then I've got my number four buck. 
for a backup. That, that number four buck carries its weight a whole lot better out there at 50 to 60 yards. I don't like I don't like shooting coyotes out past fifty yards, but well, I want to say something. I may interrupt. I don't want to encourage people to be shooting turkeys at fifty yards either. But I'm just saying it will kill them that far. Yeah. But it, yeah. the point here is you should pattern that shotgun for predator hunting. Absolutely. Just like you do. Uh, yeah. For turkeys. Yeah, and 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 I I spent several dollars patterning my 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 coyote loads about three or four years ago. Because I was having some issues, I had called this really, really beautiful male coyote and had a lot of black on him. He's actually, I had him soft tan. He's hanging on my wall right now. But uh, I called him in, and I thought he was closer than what he was. When he checked up, he was around 50 yards, and I, that's when I was shooting strictly number four buck. And I missed that coyote 50 yards. Hmm. I mean, I might have got one pellet, pellet, one pellet in him. But when I shot, he didn't, I guess he didn't realize where it come from. And he come running by, running right by me. I shot him at 20 yards and rolled him. So after that, I was like, man, I should have hit that coyote. Well, at 50 yards, I had basketball size holes in my pattern. (laughs) So I thought, well, I might not even touch that coyote uh, with the first shot. I obviously did with the second shot. I watered him up. All right, guys, I think it'd be a good... Yeah, I think we're in a good time. We need to we we really need to take a break right here. So let's hold that thought, Eddie, and, and we'll be back with more in just a minute. You're listening to American right. Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. Hi, everybody. This is Aaron Tippin, and you're listening to my old buddy Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. Around your heart, so you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American for whatever kind of fishing you want to do, Denali Rods has got the rod for you. Based in Mountain Home, Arkansas, Denali Rods has got rods for all types of fishermen, from the Covert Series to the Attack Series. They are the rod preferred by Alex Rutledge and American Roots Outdoors. Find a dealer near you by logging on to their website, DenaliRods.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Alex Rutledge, and I love my Denali Rods. Buck Grits presents, welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Again, we're talking predator hunting. How to get started in predator hunting. And it, it, predator hunting is addictive. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, how addictive is it, Eddie Owens? Well, I've, I've never been on drugs, but I would say it's probably come, <laughs> you know, come real close. So, uh, it, it's, yeah, I, there's nothing like it. You know, I mean, I, I've hunted whitetail my entire adult life and your wife and your wife hunts with you oh, yeah. she's a beautiful woman yeah and how obsessed is she with it oh she's just crazy you know she she's nuts about it about every night I'm, i'll turn on youtube and i'm watching coyotes coyote hunting she'll be we gotta go kill some dogs i'm like well we, we will we will just be patient <laughs> we gotta get we get the weather right get the wind right and she and is a good shot it is and you've got what what ammunition do you shoot your rifles i mean I, I think i know you've already mentioned it once but what 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 rifles do you like to hunt with and what caliber and what company i uh i my my go-to coyote round is a twenty-two two fifty. Um, if I'm competition hunting, I'm, I'm my twenty-five out six is my go-to round. Um, she 
my wife, she'll, she likes the lighter calibers and she's a small, small woman. So, but thankfully she can shoot straight because the last two years she has been our saving grace to keep from getting skunked. Um, two years ago, I called in one coyote, the whole competition and she killed it last year. I called in four coyotes. I missed two. She killed one. So, you know, thankfully she can shoot straight, but, uh, you know, normally with her, it's either 223 or 2250. For me, 2250 or a 25-06. And I primarily load, hand load most all my own ammunition. Um, but I really like that Hornady, uh, the VMAX or the, I shoot a 50-grain Hornady Z-Max out of my 2250. Really? And my 223s. Um, they, uh, my 25-06, I shoot a 117-grain SST Hornady bullet out of it. Um, I mean... You, if you if you make contact anywhere between the nose and the tail with that that twenty five out six, it's it's going to do the job. Yeah, uh, we've got a comment here uh, again from one of our 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 listeners and viewers that's watching us. How important is it to wear rubber boots, in your opinion, being scent free around these coyotes? In my opinion, I'm going to answer if you don't yeah. mind. Uh, it's just like deer hunting. Oh, yeah. Better take it serious. And Wayne. You know, how serious is it uh, with these coyotes and, and wearing leather boots out there? Now, if you're a farmer, you're hunting around cow piles, and uh, these cows have been around that, you might be able to get away with yeah. it. But if you're hunting where there's no cow or anything, you better be set free in your boots. Yeah, you've got to be. You know, Especially if you're, if you're going to have to walk a quarter mile in, that coyote may have to cross your path to get you know, to get in the position for you to see it. So if you're walking in and, and your, your work boots or, you know, something you, you would wear to Walmart or whatever, they're, they are so, I don't know how I'm trying to, they're so, their, their senses are so crazy good. Uh, I was watching a show and I think it was uh, Randy Anderson. They were calling this coyote in. And this coyote was coming in at a steady trot. And he got to about 300 yards and froze and turned and trotted 10 to 15 yards and picked up a field mouse and ate it. You know, at a steady trot in, he could either hear it or smell it, one. I'm almost leaning more towards smelling it because there was nothing else out there to cause that field mouse to, call, you know, make noise. Hmm. So... And and if I remember right, the way the wind was blowing for them, it was it would have been on up upwind side of that coyote. So, you know, if if he could smell that field mouse from ten to fifteen yards away, he can darn sure smell your tracks as he's coming in. If he has to cross the, where you where you walked in. So, you know, Eddie, to that yeah, to, to the, yeah to that point, Eddie, I, I was watching a video uh, after we did the show last week, and uh, those gentlemen filming a, a coyote. Uh, and they were talking about playing the wind and, and, and scent. And they were filming a coyote that was, they said, about 500 yards away. And it was coming to where it was going to go downwind of them. As soon as it hit the downwind direction, that coyote stopped instantly and turned around and went the other direction. And oh, yeah. They said, this coyote, yeah, they, they, he winded us right there. Said We can see where it is, where he winded us from 500 yards yeah. away. And that tells you how sensitive, I think the word you were looking for a while ago, how sensitive their yeah. noses are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I've had it happen to me. You know, I, I've, I've, I've been watching them come in, and 
maybe not that far out. Uh, last year during the competition, I had one doing about face at about 150 yards. Hmm. And the only thing I can figure, we were sitting on the edge of a bowl and the wind was out of the southwest. Well, we were sitting on the east side of that bowl. So the wind, all we had to do was swirl just a little bit in that bottom. He never gave me any warning. I was watching him coming straight in, and he turned on a dime and ran straight away from me. Yep. So, yeah, it's I mean, their noses are incredible. Well, I'll tell you what, Eddie, we've had another great show, Wayne, Eddie. It's oh, yeah. Great, great subject matter. A lot of information. Yeah. And you know, our podcast, even the one that in the studio, our audio is pretty dang good, you know. And we have, we're common people, you know. And uh, our subject matter is always very good. Even when we've got little gentlemen making noise, that's real, it's real life. Family. Yeah. It's family. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but what I want to say is we want to encourage you all to listen to show three. It's going to come up next week. And we're going to cover more on predator hunting. Some tips that we're going to share with you. But also we've got the bonus segment coming up. And uh, we're going to share some tips for you there. So we're going to wrap the show. I want to thank you, Eddie, for being a guest again on the show. And uh, we need to get your wife on there with you sometime. I know. She works. Oh, right. she, yeah, she works. We'd love to have you. So, yeah, she, uh, she's, she's pretty shy, though. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, so, she's pretty modest, too. You yeah, know? She, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she is definitely a coyote killer. And, yeah. and sometimes, you know, if I don't feel like getting up in the morning, she's like, nope, we got to go kill some coyotes. Okay, so we're gonna wrap her up here. Wayne's got some words to say, and we're gonna do the bonus statement with Wayne Lott. Yes, want to say if you want to catch the rest of this, and we're gonna talk a little Chiefs and Steelers too in the bonus segment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, listen to more of this and, and uh, catch some more uh, us going back and forth about who's gonna win this Sunday. Just make sure you tune into your uh, podcast. Uh, any podcast you listen to, we're on all of them. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Facebook podcast now. Just go to our. American Roots Outdoors Facebook page, and you'll see the link there for uh, the latest podcast episode. And, uh, yeah, give us a review, and we're going to be drawing a winner. I just sent a package out uh, last week to a winner, and we got another Buck package. Grits. They won Buck Grits and No, that Buck Grits is this week. Buck Grits this week. This week, yeah. Okay. We got a, pa- a package of Buck Grits going out along with a hat, Hornady hat, and a Hornady shirt. Everybody, thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, share that goal with somebody you love. Take a child. We always say this. Take somebody. Get them involved in the outdoors. Take them predator hunting. We all need to do our part as outdoors men and women. Remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Amped Outdoors presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is his two friends that are sitting here. Uh, We have a third friend in the studio and there might be one more out there somewhere, but <laughs> he pays me $5 to be a friend, so I'm going to take him up on that. I'll tell everybody I'm his friend. <laughs> uh, but uh, we got Eddie back here, and uh, we're going to do some uh, more secrets on uh, predator calling and that. But before we do, we uh, normally start off our uh, radio show in that, talking local sports and, and maybe some uh, national sports and that. And there's uh, some big stuff happened this weekend, Eddie, and I'm sure you watched it. 
I'm sure Mike was glued to the TV too, but uh, I know I sure was. Uh, Steelers, Chiefs, Steelers made the playoffs. They won in overtime. They got a little help to get in. I got scared there, Mike, uh, Sunday mm-hmm. night though with that Raiders uh, Chargers game. <laughs> well, you, you know, you know that that was a you were an eyelash away from the Steelers be, being eliminated. Uh, be, I know <laughs> because because one coach said, you know, we were going to take a knee and end the game in a tie. And that way, the Chargers right. and the Raiders would have both got in, and the Steelers would not. But then the other coach made a bonehead move and called a timeout. And it with made, a minute left, I yeah. mean, what was he thinking? Yeah, and it made the <laughs> and it made the other it made the other one mad. So he said, "Okay, we're going to kick the field goal and win it." So <laughs> right. But yeah, anyway, I Steelers, Steelers, but- Steelers and Chiefs Sunday night. And of course, the Chiefs absolutely annihilated the Steelers back during that eight-game winning streak about uh, what a month. ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, that was uh, that was one the uh, the biggest loss the Steelers had that year. And uh, I was on the uh, Steelers Realm podcast uh, yesterday, and uh, it aired uh, today. Uh, you get to, if you guys want to go uh-huh. check out a, a, a pretty neat uh, and exciting podcast from a couple great guys uh, in charge of that podcast. Uh, it's Steelers Realm podcast, but check them out, man. Uh, we talk; they talk all kinds of football. But of course, if you're a Steelers fan, you're gonna love it, and if you're a Chiefs fan. You're going to want to listen to it because you're going to like the insights that they have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I was, but, actually, uh, yeah, I, was, this, um, I was actually just talking about the game just four weeks ago, the day after Christmas, uh, when Kansas City <clears throat> ruined, ruined Christmas for everybody in Pittsburgh. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> we'll see what happens Sunday night. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Steelers are playing, seem like they're playing a little bit better, obviously, than what they were. And, um, you know, Mahomes is going to be old, the new guy against the. The old guy. <laughs> and the one thing about it is, is it looks like it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger's last game. Unless they somehow, you know, unless Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, uh, this will be Ben Roethlisberger's last game in the National Football League. Maybe. <laughs> no, he's I'm going to say it might be his last game at Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> no, he's, I'm, he's hey, I'm, I'm going to say he's going to pull no. it out with a field goal. My prediction was 27-24, and whoever has the ball last wins. Steelers haven't scored. Tw- Steelers Steelers haven't scored twenty-seven points in the game all season. It's not likely to happen against the Chiefs, who have the number two rated defense in the NFL. So, uh, <laughs> that's I see. I see. Watson have a good day, though. I think. But hey, yeah. Here nor there, right now. I, I know. All I know is I'm excited about it. I got my nitro pills ready. <laughs> yeah, he took, he took five during that game. Oh, man. I had to take him during the Steelers game Sunday, and I had to take him against the Raiders and, and <laughs> Chargers game. <laughs> but, uh, Eddie, we were talking uh, Predator Hunt. Let's get back on the, on that. I know we got a lot of people tuning into this bonus segment to hear some tips and that, but uh, lay down a couple tips that, you know, people don't think about. And that they really need to, that they could take the heart and and use to kill something this year. Uh, I would say number one tip would be, you know, whenever you, whenever you go out to call coyotes, bobcats, whatever you're going to call, the second you shut that vehicle off, you're hunting. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't want to, don't want to think about, you know, getting out of the truck and slamming the doors and talking normal when you're at your truck, but you're in their living room, you know. Uh, if 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 I got up in the middle of the night and I'm walking through the house and I hear somebody talking in the living room, I'm gonna know something's up. So I mean, from from the time I shut my truck off, 
I'll tell whoever's with me. We step out of the truck and close your doors easy. No, no regular talking from here until we're done hunting. Mm-hmm. Because any any strange sound is going to alert their senses. So I would say that's probably the number one tip. You know, because so there's been so many predator hunts that were blown before you ever turn a call on, because they either saw you come in, or they heard you come in, or they smelt you come in. Okay. So just as soon as you shut that vehicle off, you are hunting. So now we were talking before we started this segment here. Uh, you were saying that this may be if someone's going to start predator hunting or coyote hunting. Now's really the time to get out because it, of mating season, right? It is, and and that's you know, I, there there's a lot of people that that love to deer hunt, love to turkey hunt with their kids or their spouse or whatever. Well, you know, your deer and turkey seasons are are pretty limited on time. Well, your predator hunting will add so much more time to the the time that you can spend with your loved ones outdoors. Uh, you know, if you got if you got some kids that that maybe they didn't get a chance to kill them a big buck. Well, grab a coyote call and go out there and see if you guys can can kill a coyote together. I mean, any more than me, I'd, I'd almost rather, you know, kill a mess of coyotes than I would kill a big buck. Uh, but right now, you know, we're, we're mid-January or getting close to mid-January. Coyotes are going to be looking to pair up right now and start breeding. You know, from now through February, you know, they're going to be breeding. So... You know, I would say a lot of howls, you know, uh, throw out some. I Personally, I like a lone female howl, you know, which is a, is a, a single higher-pitched howl. And if you start off with a more mature howl, you may have a mediocre, uh, you know, coyote out there. It's like, well, I'm not sure if I want to tangle with that older female or that older male coyote. But if you if you lead off with that that younger female lone how you're a little bit more likely to get a response. Just because you don't hear a coyote howl back doesn't mean there's not one in the area or coming to you. Because I've had them show up. Just you know, you throw out some howls and hey, there's a coyote. You know, didn't didn't make a peep. It just showed up hmm. because you're in their territory. So. Yeah, I mean, right now, for sure, I would lead off with howls. And I would give it, oh, I would howl two or three times, wait two or three minutes, howl two or three more times. Do that for, you know, eight to ten minutes. If you haven't seen or heard something after about the ten-minute mark, then you can kind of ease into your, your rabbit or, or woodpecker distress sounds. So you wouldn't you wouldn't leave the area and try a new spot. You would no. stay there and just switch yeah. switch calls. Just switch calls. At what point do you say, hey, you know what, this area is dead. I need to move to a different hill. Um, where I I try to to make at least twenty to thirty minutes set. So if if I've run through my library of sounds, you know if I've if I've tried a, a female yodel howl or, or a lone female howl, if I've done that for eight or ten minutes, and then I've done uh, rabbit stress for for ten to fifteen minutes, and then if I haven't had any responses on those, I'm going to go into a pup distress. 
if I ain't if I ain't seen nothing show up after three to five minutes of pup distress, I'm done. I'm out. I'm shutting her off. I'm grabbing my call. I'm going to move a half a mile or a mile down the road. And try it again. So hmm. usually usually around this area, twenty to thirty minutes, and and I'm looking for another spot. What do you think about that, Mike? Well, I, I think that's great advice, and, and I know we got to wrap up here pretty quick, but my other question would be, uh, okay, so I do the howl, I get a response. Should I howl back, you know, at that point, or should I then switch over to my rabbit in distress or my woodpecker? I mean, I mean, what, what kind of sequence do you use there, or do you just sit and wait on that coyote to appear? Um, a lot of it's going to determine on what kind of a, what kind of a response you get. If say if you howl and mm-hmm. they howl back fairly quickly, mm-hmm. followed by a few barks, you're done. They chances are they know that you're not really a coyote. Ah. Now, you know, and and those barks are are going to be their warning to the other coyotes in the area. Sure. Now, if you if you howl and they just answer you back with a howl, some I've been known to challenge them. You know, throw out a throw out a challenge howl at them. Okay. Because if they're answering you, um, they're they're, that, they're they're like, hey, you know, this is my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Well, you throw out a challenge howl. If they're aggressive enough, they're going to come on in ready to fight. If they're not not real aggressive, they might still show their face, but just not come running in. But pay attention to the barks. You know, if 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 you get a lot of barking going on with that coyote, usually they know they know the the gig is up. You know, so, so a bark from a coyote is similar to like a deer blowing or an alarm uh, it, yeah. cut from a a, a hen turkey. It is. It is. Well, it, it sure is. Interesting. And well, and, and I Can guess you what? Do a bark porch, Eddie. I I ain't no good at doing it with my horse, but yeah, yeah. You 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 hear that? You hear that? You might as well. Uh, if I hear a bark before a howl, I'm not too concerned. But when they follow it up with a series of barks, they're done. Yeah. They they've seen you or smelt you. Okay. So, yeah. I wish I could do that in my voice. I just can't. Can, can you spin it? You got to get rubber bands and put them on your testicles. <laughs> I think that'd be a good place for us to wrap this up, Wayne. <laughs> Alex been had a long day apparently in the sun. <laughs> he comes in for the, the 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 last segment. The only thing he's talked about is tying your testicles. So yeah, you're right. That's a good time to get out. <laughs> Hey, again, you know, share the outdoors with somebody, you know, get them outdoors, uh, get them into trapping, get them into predator hunting. We'll talk trapping a little more in the final segment, wrap it up with predator and trapping on show three next week. Again, thank you for listening. Tell your family or friends about us. Go to our podcast website. Give us a review. Make sure it's a good one. Uh, you can't leave a good one, don't even leave one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but anyway, thanks. We had fun here. And Eddie, you, you're very knowledgeable, man. You got a passion for it, and we sure appreciate you being on there with us. When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>